0: Welcome back to Designcast. It's hard to believe it's already episode number 15. Thank you guys who've been listening for as long as you have to this podcast. Without you, there's no reason to do it. So I'm really glad that you are giving me such great feedback about what's going on with this. I have a super guest today. We had such a great time recording this episode. We talked about all kinds of things. In fact, Lenny Dutton even dropped some really, really great, exciting top secret news. So pay attention towards the end of the podcast to hear all about her exciting news. But I hope that you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed recording it. And as always, please reach out if you have any questions or make any suggestions for the podcast.
1: Welcome to Design Cast. Jason Reagan will guide you through the MYP design course like a pro. Stay tuned.
0: This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Welcome back to another edition of DesignCast, and I am over the moon and stoked to have Lenny Dutton here, the, a.k.a. the excited educator. I am really, really happy to be talking with you. Lenny, thank you so much for having time to talk with me today. Uh, our time zones are different, but thanks so much for being here.
1: Awesome. I'm delighted to be here listening to a few of the podcasts and really enjoying them I'm sitting on my balcony in the sun listening. So I'm excited to be part of it.
0: I'm jealous with the balcony and sun stuff. Uh, so on the off chance that any of the listeners don't know who you are, which is highly unlikely, but if they don't know who you are, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and kind of the journey that you took to
1: get here? I'm Lenny Dutton and currently I'm ATL coordinator and personal project coordinator and MYP design teacher and subject review lead at the International School of Stuttgart. Um, I actually graduated in 2008 from a degree which is like visual culture so kind of museum history social history through objects so it's more the academic side of design when I graduated 2008 height of recession kind of freaking out about jobs I was like ah, I'll go be a teacher because that's kind of a reliable job which obviously now we know during COVID-19 it is a reliable job but I didn't even know if I was gonna like it at first and obviously as soon as I started teaching I fell in love with it because my background was kind of volunteering in museums and museum archives and that kind of history of design I thought I was going to go the archive route but I ended up becoming a school librarian so that's how I started off and I worked in some uh, just state schools in London and then I had the opportunity to work at a brand new IB school in central London as a founding teacher and because it was a small school we only had 36 students on opening day I took on the role of um, librarian but also design teacher and I was super fell in love with it. It does everything that I love about education especially about you know design thinking and inquiry and being linked to real world problems everything that I lacked in my own education so I fell in love with that. I worked there for a couple of years and then I moved to Atlanta International School where I know you have worked doing mostly work as a tech coach I also taught some classes of robotics, or I'd cover maternity for robotics or computer science or design. Um, and now I'm in Stuttgart. I'm going to be the NYP coordinator from August as well.
0: Well, congratulations! That's awesome, NYP coordinator. That's a whole new, a whole new world of hurt <laughs> that you're in for on that one. But that's awesome. It's a great challenge, and I've done that a couple of times. And I, <laughs> I, oh, do you really you have a visit coming up?
1: I'll study in August. So.
0: Oh boy. Well, that'll be definitely a trial by fire. But you know your stuff so I know that you are definitely gonna be awesome at that and I didn't know that you had the library background that really makes a really interesting journey to get to where you are and I think it helps me understand your materials that you send out to folks a lot a lot more because they're really highly curated and so I know everyone appreciates the (laughs) the materials that you're sending out.
1: Definitely the links of ATLs as well, right? So when I was working firstly I worked in a small primary school in London and I was mostly just um sorting out their books, helping them use some computer software that they'd Uh, they'd read a book and do a test on it. Then when I worked in the second school, it was a school in Brixton. Um, It's an area with a high rate of gang crime. It's one of the areas, the most gang crime in Western Europe. Wonderful kids. Like, I love them. Like, I still speak to loads of the kids from there now but we had a lot of I think it was like two-thirds special educational needs so I would work in the library often with the kids who were in internal exclusion so they weren't getting kicked out of the school but they were in a small class of like six kids a day so I worked closely with them and then I would invite teachers down but it wasn't part of the national curriculum so I had to kind of show them this is what I can do I could do a whole lesson about what does book cover say about a book I can do a whole lesson about internet research and so I had to really be kind of creative to lure them down there and then again most of it's kind of ATL focused it was skill-based, so I think that gave me a good understanding of ATL. So it definitely helped me. And I never forget where I came from. love my school librarians.
0: It makes me think about how often as design teachers, we have to kind of do the same thing. We have to sell the program and raise the profile. And as I'm hearing you describe that, I think, oh my gosh, I've had to do that with my own design program before. And so at your current school, is, is that something you struggle with or is it pretty high profile or how does what, what's the image of it in, in your school?
1: I think it's um good now when i joined i you know i think i was off the job because i i get in this rolling slide deck that i have like a hundred ideas for design units all linked to play and global issues and they're like oh okay and i kind of talked to them about my idea of design being more design thinking based and when i went in there their curriculum was things like crazy keys and they were making like a wooden key rack, right or it was very kind of traditional design where kids would follow a recipe or make the exact same thing and then paint it slightly differently two of the design teachers had left gone to other schools so i was able to come in and write the curriculum and my team they all have they all wear other hats I think it's the school it's their first place working in NYP design so I think one is mostly tech integration started off as PYP coordinator another started off as a language teacher never does P and had done um, worked in IT so they were super super keen to make these changes so I was thrilled so now we have a really really awesome curriculum the kids love design I definitely at the beginning of the year I would have my first join two years ago I'd have people saying hey I want to do an infographic so it must be a design idu i was like hmm, no that's not really solving any problem i mean it could be a design idu but you are allowed to do an infographic in your class you don't have to stick to essays and presentations you can do these things you can make a podcast in your class you don't have to link it to design so i think i'm kind of fighting those two fights It's kind of getting them to understand how to use technology and tech integration which isn't part of my job in the school but trying to showcase that and also getting them to understand design i have had people say things to me like kids love your class is, is it because it's easy Mm, no I'm having 11 year olds learn HTML and CSS and JavaScript and Python and make like complex games I don't think so but you're always going to have that but mostly like the parents love it the kids love it we've definitely like we've got the UN Global Goals on the wall and every every project we do is pretty much linked to those when teachers come in they're kind of understanding more what design is about so it's definitely raised the status in the school
0: that is great to hear, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about with folks having a very different impression of what uh, we do versus what the reality of it is, and so um, it's great to hear that you guys have already turned kind of turned that around. I'm sure that your experience as a, a librarian having to pull people in and get them to see what you do has helped, you know, with your mindset of being able to change people's minds. And I want to shift gears just a little bit. That is so, I mean, we could talk all day about design. Uh, I really think we could, but you've organized something recently that I'm super interested to hear more about and kind of where that came from. And it's these IB educator Zooms that you're doing during the COVID-19. And could you tell us a little bit about like where that idea came from and how it's kind of been organized and all that kind of stuff?
1: So firstly, I was speaking to my students in grade eight. They're only ones of my students who are not doing their normal unit now that we're off. I actually wrote a unit for them called COVID-19 Design Challenge. And the whole thing is they have to talk about a problem that they're having at home. Like, oh, I don't get to have any exercise. My parents are killing me. Like, ah, like I'm so frustrated. And then they have to design a solution. And they could also look at, you know, older people who are at home alone or anything like that. And they're designing some really cool stuff. Everything from like drawing challenges through to websites, which give you like exercise for children. That's really good. And then I started thinking about the problems that I'm having. And I was like, oh, I feel like everyone's talking about not being that social. But I feel like actually I have more time to socialize with my family on Zoom. All these people that live far away. I'm actually, we're having like date nights where we're playing Uno and my friends in America, etc. And so I started thinking, OK, one of the things I do miss about being at school and particularly Atlanta International is I really miss that kind of collaboration piece and working with other teachers. And as much as I was enjoying the online school, I was missing that element. So I decided, OK, I'm going to just host three Zooms in a week and see who comes and just talk about what we're doing in schools. So I hosted three just very general ones. And, you know, on Zoom, having a free account, you only have 40 minutes. All three of them were super, super popular. People had so many interesting questions. People were like, we should do this always. We should do this after the COVID-19 so I thought okay let's make this regular but I didn't want it to be me hosting it every week like I'm just another teacher like other people I'm not the IB answers right so I wanted to get other teachers to also sign up to host so I just put a website together got a Google form where people could sign up I think we've now had over 50 people signing up we've got PIP teachers DP teachers CP teachers and they're doing everything from things about inquiry through to personal project we have principals signing up it's really really good to see who's coming to these as well like one of the teachers just used the a padlet map at the beginning and I think he had people like in Southern Africa in America in South America India China. so it's been really really nice there is sometimes when you go onto these Zooms and it is like I am starting to do mine now with a very specific focus and I start off the beginning as kind of like ED or me sharing stuff and then discussion there is obviously there's times where you're like anyone have questions and it's just silence but sometimes you get in classes as well that part is kind of hard so sometimes having someone that I know in there who I know will share stuff gets the ball rolling it's been great. Like lots of these teachers who are volunteering to do zooms, they've never done anything like this before. They've never even led PD, and so they're asking me loads of questions. Like, oh, what do you know? They're quite nervous, and they're so happy when they've done it. I think it's very rewarding for the host as well as the participants. What I'm doing now, as well as I'm trying to get most people to record them, and then we're putting them on the website so that people can go back and look at these. At the moment, the website is organised like by month, and already so you see we've just done April, and it's full. I'm sure by June, I'll have to start organising them by PYP, MYPD, PCP and then within that specific subjects and then people can go back and find stuff so that's been super rewarding it's also super like time consuming because I think you know people panic and they want to email me like oh I can't remember the password or can you change this on the website I think people think that I'm on 24 hours a day I'm not like my my phone is actually my phone is never not silent it's always on silent and all my whatsapp groups are muted so I don't get notifications so I'll go in the morning and probably every morning it takes me about an hour to get through my whatsapps and my emails I think that will slow down as people get used to it as schools go back we won't have a many and actually I don't mind doing that like we talk about our kids having to do services action or cash this is kind of my equivalent of hopefully sharing back in a way I know they've been
0: wildly successful I see it all over social media and I see folks commenting and I think it's been a really really great opportunity for folks to have some free PD and just to have conversations and network and I know that I myself have picked up doing more podcasts just because it's like I have a little bit more time and people are available and it's easier to connect I that.
1: you hosted one of the IB Educator Zooms as well and I yeah. think people were desperate I think people really really want to know more about design because there's that thing where they're like oh I did design at school and it was just woodwork mm-hmm. or I did design right. at school and we just put a handbag so they want to have more opportunity to learn so I'm very grateful that you hosted that session oh, it was, was my
0: pleasure and I thank you for giving me that opportunity and there was a lot of follow-up questions that I was fielding as well just from that one session I popped it up on the, the YouTube <laughs> channel and it's had three or four hundred views so I mean it Getting as many views as it would if it were something else, and folks have I think really really enjoyed doing just to listen, just to be doing you know cooking or whatever while it was going on, and so I appreciate you organizing that. I know that people, you're right, it's a lot like cats, it's like adult cats, right? I
1: also don't mind like sometimes when people don't contribute, when you say anyone got any questions, and people just sit there, and that's what they want to do. It's the same in school. Like some people want to do one-on-one work with digital coach or MYP coordinator. Some people want to just kind of read the newsletters. Some people want to do team teaching. Like, like, it's fine. It kind of makes me feel awkward when no one contributes because I'm quite awkward anyway. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm just going to talk about X, Y, and Z. But yeah, I think it definitely is that. Like when I listen to podcasts, it's like in the bath, or it's when I'm driving or it's when I'm cooking, like you said, I think it's the same sort of experience. You
0: know, I enjoyed doing it. I wasn't, I didn't feel very awkward because the workshops I run with IB, there's a lot of times people will just sit there and I'm okay with that because some people, everybody learns differently. Some folks I think were there in the middle of the night or very early in the morning and so I think for a lot of them it was just the time thing too and I did get some really good feedback and I'm interested to read more of the comments because I couldn't even keep up with the chat. It was going so fast but luckily with Zoom, it downloaded that chat so I can read through it later which is nice. But
1: My comfort zone when I teach is definitely teaching like grades six, seven, eight because they are super responsive. Like I remember when I became a workshop with and school visitor, the training we did was also, it was in Vegas uh, in a casino which I don't know how Ivy that is. When we were having our training, to become like school visitors so there was also normal PD going on and so one of the activities they got us to do was walk around and watch some of the workshops we went into the PYP one and it was like teachers cutting stuff out glitter glue like all over it NYP a little bit more active they're doing some graphs DP just sitting there like staring at the person and then it came to the one which was like heads of school and coordinators and obviously they've, they've got a million things to do so just on their phone the whole time and I was like oh god like can we just teach grade 6 forever <laughs> please so I like for me grade six, seven, eight, and then maybe some of the older kids that kind of nine ten when they're not only kind of not always responding so much but they're kind of solid looking isn't definitely my comfort zone even though sometimes i teach those kids and they look miserable and they're like this is my favorite class i'm like what <laughs> like,
0: i know you can't like, read teenagers remind- they don't really tweens even you know some and the ones who are super like excited in sixth or seventh grade then you hear they don't like you and you're like wait a minute you, you seem so excited so yeah at, at, rarely rarely but that happens on a so um thank you for that and and one thing I want to ask you about, too, was kind of leading on from that is it seems like you're all over the place with social media when it comes to creating content and sharing it. You know, a lot of people, when they create content, they want to kind of hoard it a little bit, you know, and keep it close and share a little bit here or there or put it on Teachers Pay Teachers or whatever. That's their choice. But I just wanted to say, first off, thank you for creating such awesome content. And then wh- why do you feel that you need to create content? Is that the librarian in you? Or <laughs> what, what is that? that just creating some cool stuff. Like, is that how you learn as well? There
1: are so a couple of things. Like, firstly, I grew up really, really poor, living with my kind of crazy mum. So for me, like, oh, I have a job and I can pay my rent. Like, I don't need to make more money than that. I'm very content. Like, so me, I don't particularly want to sell those things. I'm like, you know, we're always learning from looking at tutorials on YouTube or from reading articles. Like, I don't want to be someone who's selling that. It's kind of against um, what I want to do. Same with the Zooms. I don't want to have to do anything costing money. At some point, I might have to add some adverts on some just because, like, already I can't, send emails. I can't not send calendar invites through Google because I'm, they think I'm spamming because I'm sending so many. So I had to get Mailchimp. I have got the free Mailchimp account at the moment, but maybe I'll have to get a paid one. But definitely, I like giving that content free. And secondly, like everyone is making this content anyway, so why not just share it? I think some teachers are kind of. I don't think it's like oh, I'm going to keep it for myself. Although there are those people who share on teachers paid teachers. I think people are worried that they're like oh, what if my what if I've made a mistake in my statement of inquiry or what if like oh, uh, and I'm like I don't care. Like when I look back, I look back six months ago at my blog entries. I'm like oh god, that was awful. Like, you know, as a teacher, we should always be improving but you shouldn't be nervous to share something even if you're worried right there's no perfect IB teacher or perfect teacher right those teachers that think they're perfect and have nothing else to learn are really not very good teachers but there's those teachers that want to keep improving you know if you're going to keep improving then you can't expect to have a perfect resource or a perfect lesson or a perfect activity so why not share it I like that it gets used a lot sometimes people say oh thank you this is great I'm going to use it and I never get any information back so so many people have used the COVID-19 one and I would love to see like what the students come up with but I'm happy to put stuff out there like I get some email sometimes like oh is it okay if you use this I'm like yeah you can use anything on my you know you don't even have to credit me as long as you don't say that you made it but like, you don't have to credit me just use it right you can ed- edit it download it change it so yeah I'm always happy to do that I originally started off um I had a blog called like the most beautiful libraries in the world and it's all about beautiful libraries and then I did stuff like a shared library resources because often you know a librarian might be just one librarian working in a school in the UK librarians are not paid very well like I was paid the same amount as a graphics guy. So I did photocopying and was stoned all the time was like oh great so it was also another advocacy thing for me and then I started to do more tech stuff so I was sharing tech integration or reviews of tech stuff then it moved on to more IB stuff because I realized okay yes I do love technology and I like using it but the thing I like about it is enabling inquiry or enabling this and so the IB is the focus for me like I would never work in a non-IB school I would probably never work in a non-profit school now I'm kind of focusing on IB I do do some tech integration stuff that I throw out there as well but I try and always put like oh what ATL does this educational game link to so having that as my thing and also like I like I wish that more teachers were sharing because imagine if like every teacher was sharing a resource I loved like then you'd have just have endless stuff obviously don't want to be a teacher who just downloads other people's stuff and uses that you want to have your own input you can look at other people's resources and be inspired or have it and say oh this fits in my unit perfectly my plea is that more teachers share resources.
0: I completely agree. Like, I think that many times design teachers are a lot like librarians that you just mentioned, sort of out there on their own. You know, we're lucky when we're in schools where there's multiple design teachers. Again, too, design teachers are often coming from other professions. You know, that wasn't what they were trained to do. And so I think there's a sense of insecurity and lack of confidence sometimes. And so I think that's what stops a lot of people from sharing. And I agree with you. If I share something and someone uses it, I think the one thing I would just ask is it for people to share with me what their students made, because I'd learn from that more than I would by just seeing what my own kids have made or even how you've evolved the unit and adapted it you know because there's standards all over the place and things like that it would be really neat for folks to kind of give back that way but yeah I agree I wish people just would keep sharing and as long as it's good stuff right
1: I remember when I worked in first IB I worked in and when I was I think I had my second interview and the principal said to me it will take you a year to understand the IB I like, oh okay and it gave me that kind of freedom that like you don't have to know everything straight away when I went to to a librarian DP training and we had to write down all the acronyms and all the ivisms and that was so great and then like this, this time that I was in this new school it was the year before next chapter and then we had our MIP visit the year of next chapter so I rewrote all my units and I you know the units were pretty powerful like I looked back I'm like oh that's such a cool project but I opened one yesterday that I made with my friend who's now middle school principal at Atlantic International. she's a great educator and I was like geez, we chose like five key concepts like I was looking at, I was like this is trash like the actual state we're being Inquiry part I was like this is a statement of inquiry is just about design and language it's not the statement of inquiry so it is funny looking back and seeing how you grow I hope that no one takes the stuff I put online as like 100% perfect because there's always changes yeah. that happen
0: yeah, the evolution of a design teacher is something fun to watch for sure, to see kind of how your units grow. And I found that my units have become much more open-ended the more I've been doing it, you know, and the more comfortable I am with it. And to the point where I now teach classes where I haven't even hinted towards, hinted the, towards what the, mm-hmm. el- the- el- outcome know?
1: is. Definitely. I think that, you know, if you go to a school that is very, very focused on we are making this one thing or making this other thing, then maybe there's the level of skill or the level of Craft, craftsmanship might be higher but i think definitely having the open thing so normally what i do with my unit is i might do like i'll do a criterion c tech tech skills early on and i'll say okay we're going to learn adobe illustrator you're going to do these tutorials and then i'm going to do like a mini test test so we do that and then we go on to our unit and i say okay you can use a little bit illustrator but you can use something else if you want so for example i did a un global goals challenge where they had to pick a un global goal and then make a prototype and most kids are steering towards using sketchup or fusion 360 and one kid was like i want to use plastic bags go ahead right or I've done a toy unit before where we've looked at toy design and how toys help people and I had one kid making like a quiet like a felt book that kids play with I had another kid making a board game another kid making a card game other kids making wooden games I don't always think the skill level is going to be as high as if they're all learning exactly how to make a wooden car but I think it's much better for ATLs it's much better for their design thinking it's much better um, for student motivation as well I definitely think that is the way that design wants to go and from what I'm hearing from the IB they are moving more towards like design thinking design
0: that's the impression I get as well so it's interesting that you say that you know and I think too we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with the way that the subject guide is written because even though there's arrows all over the graphic people like to follow the sequence of the way the strands are written and so I think it's great that you're front loading that material ahead of time you know and I think that's one of the things folks don't feel they have the freedom to do and so the more we say that the better hopefully (laughs) it will be for people you know
1: I think another problem with that is that it's a lot of work. To get through those two strands, you know, twice, so all the strands twice a year is crazy. Like, if you look at some of the, say, Lang and Lit, and you're looking, one, they might be about author intention, one, of them might be do, about doing proper citations, and one might be about using language. They can do that in a paragraph. It can be done at once. Whereas if you're looking at design, every single strand is a completely different activity, and they're big activities. Sometimes there is some kind of repeat there, I think, but mostly, you know, it's a lot of work. They do it well. Like I've seen schools where they're basically working on a draft of their summative they just do a draft for each strand and then they make the summative because it's so, you know, I'm lucky I have my kids for three hours a week, but it's still a challenge so I'm hoping that when they move through and change it there will be some like I would love them to have wait, like a, a strand of research oh for this research you can do research plan of interviews or you can do analysing existing products, you know you can do what suits your product. Same with when you review the success of the product, why not have the review of the success which includes the which can include the impact in includes any changes you made and how that improved the success there's no reason why we don't have to have so many strands that do so much different stuff i'll be looking forward to seeing when that comes out
0: i'm anxious too and i know that that keeps kind of getting pushed back (laughs) and people keep asking and you know i mean it's Um, hard i I think uh, it will uh, eventually continue to evolve and adapt and you know we'll crowdsource again you know and keep using what people are saying and i do think that it's better now than it was when it first came out in 2014 and i think it continues to evolve to get better but I appreciate your thoughts on that that was that was awesome but I want to shift gears just a little bit and I want to ask you what are you really excited about you're the excited educator so I want to see <laughs> what you're really excited about at the moment is it an app is it some website you found is it a, a cool robot you know what is something you're super super excited about right now
1: something that you showed me parlay like after you showed it when I watched the video I was like this is amazing so I think it's going to be really good for a TOK and DP teachers because it's you know it's an I'll just say what it is case people don't know basically a website where you can upload content like an article or videos and then your students can respond or do work and then you can also set it so that students respond to each other but you can give them prompts so you can say for example I had a thing about specifications and they were writing their specifications I could have a prompt like blank specifications not specific enough or how will you test the specifications so I can get them to really give each other feedback and it also gives you data which shows you who responded to who I love it so I recommend anyone just watching the parlay if you go to Google, uh, YouTube and type in parlay ideas. I think it's like eight minutes long. But every single thing, I was like, yes, 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 when I watched it. On Monday, I have one class only, grade eight. We're starting our design specifications. So I'm gonna use that for them. So I'm super super excited to use that. And then as far as other things that are making me excited, I'm always excited when my students get passionate about something or they get excited. When I get like I got some emails from students today, like have you seen this video? And they're sending me stuff. That what that's what makes me excited to see that they are thinking about things we discuss in class and then it comes up outside of school or they're watching youtube and it makes it makes me think so seeing that helps um same with seeing students who i've taught before going on to georgia tech or going on to do animation that makes me really really happy you know you know how sometimes you have middle school teachers or high school teachers who are like Ugh, kids like they're kind of bitter but they, they love their kids really i'm like the opposite i'm like i love my kids like on the last day before we're on a week break now it's like okay guys i gotta miss you <laughs> like i felt quite emotional like that's what makes me love my job right there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of planning there's a lot of grading grading I hate it sometimes it takes so long because I give so much feedback It's like an hour per thing you know we've got conferences with parents which is sometimes pretty dry but the thing that makes teachers like their job is how funny the kids are how excited they are the questions they ask and so that's what really makes me very happy about my job I'm trying to think if there's any more apps and tools I think Parlay is definitely the one that's on my mind
0: I was so excited when I found that right when we went online it worked I was happened to be on the chat bot and uh, they was asking me can you help me can you help me? And then the president, the guy who started the company sent me a message. And he's like, No, this is really me. And he had to keep saying that. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I asked him, I said, So this COVID oh, thing, this is, COVID thing is would you out. be able to comp me the premium during the time? And he's like, Absolutely. Your whole school can have it. Here's the code, whatever. And so and then from there it actually they went public with that and tweeted it out and stuff. But I did it with my students. I really love the analytics. I love how it shows who commit, you know who contacts who and who comments on each other and it's a really, really neat tool. And there's a neat live feature when you're in a classroom too. So that way kids, even who don't want to speak out, can actually type their responses in a round table type setting. So I'm excited about it too. I'm anxious to use it when we're back in a physical space with my students.
1: I like how you said it's a bit like Flipgrid in which they like can respond to each other's videos. It's definitely something which I like, especially because something like Flipgrid or parlay, as you're saying, like every kid participates, right? It's not where you're sitting up and one kid raises their hand they share like every single kid responds and so i like anything like that like who or quizzes or any of those things or mentimeter where every single kid is participating in some way that makes me very very happy i've also been using flipgrid a lot i had used it previously in the past but not as much as i would like that's been really nice because sometimes i use microsoft teams and microsoft teams i think was not ready for how many people would suddenly be using it so it's quite laggy so normally i just had their icons can't see them i'm just talking to a bunch of like initials so that is really nice to and, and some of the kids will unmute and they'll discuss stuff but some kids just and sit down and listen just like in the zooms. So, flip it, I get to see every kid, they get to share the response, I can see if they've understood. We also do fun things like I recorded a video of me, you've seen these silly videos of people like on a broomstick, and it looks like they're flying, it's like a stop motion of them like jumping. I did one of those and said, Okay, in the Easter holidays, you have to show me that you know some magic. And so many kids got involved, or whenever it's a birthday, I do a birthday message, and all the kids reply. So, it's nice to keep that kind of social aspect as well, which we are not having so much when we're on lockdown. So, I'll be interested to see like how parlay. I think it's less social, but I'll be interested to see the kind of responses they give to each other on that. Actually,
0: it's a really neat feature too. You can make each person anonymous and it gives them famous philosophers yes. and stuff, which are inventors and things. And so that way, they don't actually know who they're responding to. They're actually responding to the post, which is kind of fun. Just, only only you and I can see it as a teacher. But I like that because then it kind of takes away the aspect of if there's any inter-classroom politics or anything like that that could possibly tint the way that they actually respond if that part's good
1: there is one other tool i've used before and i haven't used it for a while and i don't think it's known so much i don't know if you've heard of boom writer so boom writer i in my, i use it more when i was working in tech integration with the english department but you could also use it for anything what happens is you go in as a teacher and you can either write a first chapter or you can assign a first chapter and there's all these really good kind of exciting first chapters of a book okay and you can also you can also do there's a few other features as well and what happens is the kids read it or you read it as a class and then every single kid writes the second chapter and then you click close and and then they have to read like two or three of the chapters of their classmates, anonymous as well and they vote and so it then calculates which one got the most votes and that becomes the second chapter and in the class Write the third chapter, fourth chapter and in between you can just do that as like a casual thing where you're like yep tick or you can do it where they have to go back and improve or make feedback or you can do words they have to use and it has a few other features it has one that you can do it's just a non-fiction one and so you could make them write like a guide to design and there's also one called boom is in it's in boom writer as well i think it's called project boom or something where you give them a list to vocabulary and they write a one-off piece so it could be you give them the vocabulary and they write anything they want or it could be like here's the vocabulary I want you to write a design brief as if you were pitching this water bottle and then every time they get, they write one of the words they get points and then again as a class you can vote on the best one and the kids like it because they get points and they can customise their boomer which is like a little cartoon character I think that it hasn't been as successful for one thing when you sign up to a class they have to sign in and only then can you like when they sign as individuals only then can you sign them to a class and say you guys we're gonna get started you have to be like approving them as they're doing it, and then dragging them from your list of all your students into your grade 6a class and so that bit's a little bit clumsy if they had like a google classroom import i think that would it'd be used much more it's really cool i think as well at the end you can like order the books but it's not a thing where you have to order like 100 books and it'll cost you low money i think any book costs $9.99 so you can just send it to a parent a parent can buy their own copy book i really like that and i used to as tech integration come to some of these classes to lead this and the kids would like cheer when i came into the room so they're really motivated again anything that gives a student um, an audience which is more than their teacher whether it be their classmates other class other classes people outside the school it's something they respond really really well to so that that works too
0: that sounds fun i'll have to check that out and i like the non-fiction version of that i think that would be really neat to make a really great exemplar of something you know mm-hmm. like that would be really cool so yeah, i know you're very inspirational i know a lot of people you're edu famous I, I feel like and so but who where do you go for inspiration who do you follow and who do you you know go to and and find new things from
1: anything in the myp groups on facebook on twitter as well i follow myp chat what else i'm thinking i just look sometimes i just look at hashtag edtech or maybe i just look at who's presenting at ISTE or who's presenting at bet i read edutopia there's free tech for teachers i used to read a lot which i had not read for ages and i just forgot about it and saw it the other day so free tech for teachers is really good and i just follow a lot of the project zero uh, educators which is project zero's harvard school of education to be like ron richard he inspired me a lot, so I follow him and those resources, and then also just keeping in contact with teachers I've worked in the past. Like every school you go to, you're like, oh this person's amazing, and you're like, one day I'm gonna have this dream school where I'm gonna work with X, Y, and Z. So keeping in contact with those people, I think, is super, super important. Obviously, not those people don't always use Twitter or use Facebook, but like I went to visit my school in London the other day. It was nice to have little chats about education with them. And now more podcasts. So your podcast, another one I listen to is, um, I think it's called Disney in the Classroom. And like I don't really watch many Disney movies, but I'm a big theme park fan and i love the kind of stories that they tell at disney like when you're walking in a queue for a ride there's activities to do in their stories i love their props and the set display all that sort of thing i actually went to a talk my way into going to a master's class at scad university which is all about themed entertainment so theme park ride design one of the only masters in the world, so I went to that and I was like, This is amazing. I have lots of books about theme park design, which is being heavily linked to user experience, so that also inspires me. I'll just go to a lot of exhibitions as well, which there's less galleries in Stuttgart, but I'm a Londoner, so I go home to London and I go to every single gallery, I just take photographs of every single thing. Every year, I go to the Beasley Design Awards and I take lots of photographs and write notes there. Thinking about design awards, I also learn from James Dyson Design Awards and from the Red Dot Design Awards, they're from examples, and then just listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of true crime podcast, but also I listened to one which, I won't look at the name, it's one which is like imagining a world if. So one of the ones is imagining a world if plastic was banned. And I was like, okay, I'll give this a go. And it's cool. Like it thinks about all the kind of social aspects that would happen. Like it talks about plastic was originally invented for things that they were originally using bone for. So it was originally actually the ethical product and then the things that went wrong there. Or they're talking about they're developing these tattoos, which like say you're diabetic, they change colour if your insulin's low. And so there's a, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But the whole episode was okay actually you're branding someone who's disabled or now like, what happens to face recognition cameras they're going to see in this person's what they're going to stop branding um, advertising medicine to them it is called um flash forward and it's just every single thing i listened it's one of the few podcasts i'd listen to and then straight afterwards i'm like oh i have to go find this teacher and tell them i have to go find this teacher and tell them it's linked so much to tok it's just linked to i love it so flash forward i would say at the very beginning of each episode it has like a cheesy acted outfit where they're pretending that they're in the future that bit's a little bit naff but when they actually have the discussion it's with university professors and it's just like every single one my mind is turning straight after listening to it so yeah lots of lots of different places i get inspiration
0: from. that's so much for me i'm gonna have to go back and listen because you had so much there it's hard for me to keep up but i am gonna go really slow and listen to all that and keep pausing it <laughs> because those are awesome i love those different awards as well
1: yeah also google art and culture i swear like i sometimes don't want to open the tab because i'm like i just think it's been hours just going down the rabbit hole and looking at these things it's so cool and they've really especially stepped up with this COVID-19 thing where they have activities on there they're opening up more and more resources and it's not just art like if you look on them they have whole museum collections you can look through historical moments so it's all you know primary sources and so that really links that pretty heavily to my degree I love it like I was looking at something about Indian craft there the other day and I could have just spent like hours my husband at one point he had this tab that every time you open a new tab it would show you a new part from Google Earth and then when you opened it you could then like zoom in and you could look at stuff and he had to remove it because you know he just. Wonder and I think Google Arts and Culture is very similar for me, but definitely like um when I had a home room I don't have a home room now. In my last school, we had five minutes together in the morning, and so often I would just open up Google Google Arts and Culture and you just look at stuff on there.
0: There's a really neat screensaver from Google where it's got live stats of the of what people are searching for. And so basically it's people's searches are popping up on your screen, and you can have it to where it tiles it in like a grid view. So you can have like 15 or 20 of them open at once, and it's really fascinating to see. Just in front of you, the way that the analytics are, are flying across there, and who's asking what questions, and it's it's not only in English; it's all over the world. So it's all these really cool things going on. So I use that as my screensaver because that's fun. Please I love. I it. That. I'll have to do that. I'll have to remember what it's called because I, I I can't remember at the moment what it's called. But it's super cool, and uh, it's all in Google Colors. So all the backgrounds are exactly those four colors from Google, and it's really nice. fun. And I want to stop here and ask you. I know we talked, we alluded to this prior to going on air. If listeners want to get in touch with you i want you to tell us about that but also did you have something you wanted to share with us some top secret stuff
1: yeah so firstly they can get in contact with me through excitededucated.com or miss e dutton my real name is ellen but no one calls me there and i'm also married so i don't know why i have miss e dutton but i do miss e dutton at gmail.com and, and twitter i'm lenny dutton so my exciting news and i just got cleared that i can speak about it is i'm currently writing two textbooks for Hodder. so it's part of the myp um by concept series so Probably you've seen those. They're really cool textbooks. One of the few ones I have actually liked for IB. I've never, I haven't seen many teachers use them when they give each kid one. Most teachers buy them and use them as like their inspiration. So I'm writing one for grade six, seven, eight and one for grade nine, I'm a quarter of the way through my writing. So I've done six and a half chapters they're each 12 chapters. So I'm super excited. I think they're gonna, they're actually on the Hodder website now. So you can see the front cover with my name on. So I'm pretty excited. I've been showing my kids all the time as well. Like they sent me like two different covers to pick from so I've got my kids to tell me which one they like the best I'm excited I think some teachers will buy it thinking it's going to tell them like how to make a spice rack it's not it's more about global context and world issues so we have everything from the water crisis in different countries through to one about making toys for refugees so all different kind of things that link heavily to global issues I'm currently writing a chapter now about TIFOs I don't know if you know what this is um, TIFO is Italian it means kind of fan. so if, it's basically linked to football fanatics so if you go to some big football games like atlanta united people make these massive banners that go across the top of the heads of the fans or they have these things where when you arrive there's a bit of paper in your seat and it's like a mosaic that people hold at once but these things that people make in massive basketball courts they're spray painted they're painted and they usually just are shown once right it's only this has this one life and then often they burn them afterwards or they destroy them afterwards so it's all about the impact that the 12th player so the fans have on the audience it's all about some of them are very like they're not always about the team i could be like a a local company or like something local that's happening and it could be a tribute to a fan who's died. It's all different stuff. So I'm doing one about that and they're gonna look at the history of TIFO and people are very secretive about TIFO. TIFO apparently the first rule of TIFO is don't talk about TIFO. So I've had to find people who will talk to me about making them and then I'm gonna get the kids to in their school the project is making one for your sports team or your robotics team or something like that. Probably one that you'll use more than once but thinking about ways that they can create school spirit in their school and support team. So that's one I'm currently working on. Yeah they're all different. So, yeah, that sounds
0: awesome. I'm excited to hear that.
1: Yeah. So it's fun. Like it, it like it is that thing where I'm like, okay, I've got all these ideas. I've already got these resources. I kind of pent up what I want to do. And then sitting down, sometimes I just kind of stare at the screen. I'm like, I don't know how to start. Or like, you know, I'm like, I think I should take a nap now. Or my dog needs a walk. Like as soon as I get started, it's great. And I'm like really into it. It does take a long time. And unlike my things that I share on my blog that I'm like, ah, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's got spell, spelling mistakes. I'm a little bit more scared about putting this into the world because people are going to pay for it it and people might be like expecting it to answer every single question they have about design but I'm also excited because I think it will help teachers realize oh okay actually design isn't just making stuff it should be linked to solving real world problems it should be solved linked to global issues and hopefully it will inspire people with writing their own units I'm super excited about that and I, I realized yesterday I was talking to my mum my mum and my whole family are big football fans like even my great-granddad played for England and was a big football player he won the FA Cup as a player and a manager It's called Jimmy Seed You're very welcome to look him up my mum is also a massive football fan and so yesterday I was like yeah I've been trying to find uh, people who talk to me about Tifa's my book and she was like what book like I didn't realize I hadn't even told my mom so now you're hearing it only a day after her <laughs> wow and, yeah, I really high priority I'm excited to be able to tell people about this
0: congratulations I am really excited for you could not have happened to a more wonderful person and I know that it's going to be awesome and it is a little nerve-wracking to think you're putting something out there that people are going to have on their shelves for you know and that they're going to be using and uh, but I, I will tell you that I think that everyone's appreciative of anything they can get, that they know people have really put their time into. And and I'm sure that no one will ever question your, your ingenuity and how genuine you are towards that. So I'm sure that it's going to be, I'm really excited to, to see it when that comes out. That's going to be awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think it comes out I think February next year. So it's a little while.
0: Yeah, that's the downside to those is that, uh, you know, maybe they'll be available sooner in digital download or something versus the hardcover. But yeah, they make good well, books. I do like them.
1: It's also that thing where I'm saying earlier that when I write a blog post, I look back six months later. I'm like, yeah. So, you know, don't I, I think I give them my final chapters and everything edited in July and August for the two books. I don't want to get to August and look at something I wrote in January and be like, yeah, that's crap. Like, <laughs> that's my other worry. But so far, I'm I'm really, I'm really loving it. So I'm excited about
0: it. You heard it here first folks. So I'm sure that all six people who listen to the podcast are going to be super <laughs> excited about this, but that's awesome, Lenny. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I appreciate you checking to make sure it was okay to share that with us and then also sharing it with us. But this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. We could go all day long, but I know you have a whole day of work ahead of you. And I know that it's a nerve wracking thing to be in front of a computer all day. And so I'm going to give you some time away from that by saying this has been awesome and I, it's been great to have you on and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today.
1: Yeah, Thank you so much for having me.